Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic. My name is Jody Campbell. I'm the executive director for AUSU, and we're uh, we're really happy to be hanging out with Duncan Watasek. Uh, say hi, Dunk. Hello, guys. Uh, Duncan, uh, we're really, really happy and proud to have uh, brought Duncan on board uh, to join our AUSU team as our new governance and advocacy coordinator. Uh, Duncan, how about just to start us off, tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't know if you got an elevator speech. But, <laughs> I don't know if I do either. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm an Edmontonian. Uh, AUSU's head office is here in Edmonton, so I, I didn't move for this job, but I'm really happy to be in it. I don't know. I mean, I've worked in the student environment for, for the past couple of decades, um, and this seemed like the natural next step. I, I've worked for McEwen. I've worked for a provincial advocacy group talking about undergraduate students. And before that, I worked for the government of Alberta. But, but here I am. I'm a pet owner, and I'm a step-parent, and uh, I'm a pretty proud education advocate. Absolutely. And you know what? There's not too many people that can actually say a couple decades. That's true. That's of, rare. Of experience in <laughs> the, not only just the post-secondary environment, but really student leadership and mm-hmm. um did you come into it naturally or like how did you originally sort of like when you were going to school it's like this is what I want to do yeah I mean it was kind of that not necessarily the student environment but when I when I went to university I saw my student union and I was like hey that's neat I kind of want to do that and and then somebody reached out to me and said I actually think you'd be good for it so when I went to the, my I did my undergraduate degree at the University of Calgary and someone on council just came up to me and was like, hey, like, I know you're interested. Have you thought about actually doing it and putting yeah, your exactly. name forward? And that was my start. I And and honestly, since that point, I was hooked. Nice. And, uh, and a quick shout out to all our friends down at the UFC SU. Mm-hmm. Um, g- great crew down there. So obviously, uh, we brought you on board here. We're super excited. You and I have actually had an opportunity to work together. This when is we not were, our first go around now. Yeah, when we were over at McEwen. And so when we had the opportunity to, to bring Duncan on board over here at AUSU, I was like trying not to jump out of my chair just for the <laughs> opportunity to, to connect with Duncan again. And uh, so obviously, our team uh, is better because of you. And, and we have so many things that we want to touch on today. Um, a little bit about governance and advocacy, obviously, because that's sort of the realm that you're mm-hmm. going to be uh, working in. But we're also going to have some fun later on in the in the episode, too, just to sort of get to know uh, Duncan. Um, the next thing that I was going to throw out is, um, again, um, let's expand a little bit ab- about what does the governance and advocacy coordinator do? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, obviously, you're, you know, a week and a bit into your role. But um, I think by now you're after the two decades of work, uh, this is also not new territory for you as well. No, it's not. And I mean, if you're going to conceptualize my job, there's probably two components. Fortunately, the title helps outline it. There's the governance component. That's making sure our council and our executive committee are operating smoothly, that they have those technical parts is taken care of for them and they don't have to stress about that. And they can get right to the, the nubbin when it comes to leadership. So that's some boring stuff be it policy yeah. review, minutes, that sort of thing. But it's also providing that kind of mentorship to new people because it's really important student leadership that any student who wants to, and certainly any student who receives enough votes to, is able to step into this role. We're looking for leadership, not that experience. The experience is provided for by, by their professional staff. Um, and then there's advocacy, and that's talking to people who are in power, whether it's the university 
or government and trying to get them to make changes that make it a little bit easier for Athabasca students. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well done. That was a, a great nutshell version of what the governance and advocacy. And you know what? I think you're right. I think um, depending on who you're talking to, this topic is is pretty big. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I kind of like the concept around looking for student leadership as an opportunity while you're doing your under, undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you don't need to have the experience. And I think uh, the one thing that you and I probably both agree on is the idea that when student leaders come in and start working for a student union, they work hard and they learn so much. But what they do with us is so valuable to them mm-hmm. the very first time they're in an interview and they're looking for their real job or what their potential career is going to be. So uh, you and I sort of get the opportunity of working with student leaders uh, during that time when they're kind of developing those skills and, and starting to apply what they've learned uh in a real organization. And this is kind of an opportunity for them to do that. Absolutely, that's a, that's a big part. And then there's also the added component of what is it like working with students? What's it like working with incredibly intelligent, incredibly ambitious, and incredibly outgoing people who are also willing to say like, I don't know everything, I'm here to also just to learn. Like that's a great confluence of experience. I don't I don't work with people who are at the, the end and, and are over me trying to tell me what to do. But at the same time, I'm, I'm working with incredibly smart people. I'm not, not teaching them the basics. They're, they're already up to date on the basics. And that's what I like working in a student environment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, you mentioned that you've obviously got some experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe just expand a little bit on, on what you've done so far and sort of being able to bring that level of experience to AUSU. And um, I mean, I know the value that we're getting, but sort of, sure. I guess maybe the next step is, taking that experience and applying, and applying it, it yeah. into an online environment. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the first thing I, w- I would point out, so I was, I did work at um, my own student union when I went to the University of Calgary, and I found I was more gravitated to the role of those who were supporting me. And make no mistake, I, w- I did my very best to be the best vice president external I could be, but I was intrigued by by those people who were making me successful. And I really gravitated towards that. I like being you know, the, the person behind the person rather than the person up front. So after the University of Calgary, I worked for the government. I thought that was going to be the natural next step. But it turns out, friends, uh, for me, <laughs> working for the government was really boring. Uh, <laughs> it, it lacked that special something that the student environment has. It was uh, slower. It was weight. And change happened really slowly in government when it comes to making you know, a policy change that's going to impact, let's say, a thousand people and make their lives a little bit easier, it would take months, years even. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to make a difference today. Yeah. Well, and here you're in an environment like I, mm-hmm. I've i always said, I don't you don't realize how fast paced of environment a student union is until you get in here yeah. and you've got execs going in all different directions. And so what a flip flop of environments. Mm-hmm. So then I, I work for the Council of Alberta University Students, which is an advocacy group here in Edmonton that advocates to the provincial government. And I did that for, for nearly a decade. And I really enjoyed it. And I found a good deal of success. And I was looking for my next challenge. And I thought working for a single group of students is probably where I was going to go next. And that's where I met Jody, our executive director here at AUSU. He was, he was serving in a similar role at McEwen University for their Students Association. Uh, enjoyed that. But when I thought about where I wanted my career to go next, I, I kind of done all I was going to do on a, on what, what I've learned is called a bricks and mortar campus. I wanted to do something more at the forefront and online education, but more importantly, online student advocacy is it's brand new territory. Every time something happens here at AUSU, 
it's the first time it's ever been done in an yeah. online environment. Absolutely. And that really attracted me. Yeah, and I think that was the one thing that I found as well coming to an online environment is it, it, it offered me an opportunity to problem solve, but in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no question that whether you're at AU or whether you're at the U of A, U of C, University of Waterloo, it doesn't matter. A lot of the conversations are the same. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the issues that students are seeing are also very similar. The one thing that I found coming to AUSU was the opportunity that it provided me to learn a different side of post-secondary, to problem solve in a new way. Um, it's like having those conversations, but having them in, in a way that was supporting students that uh, were in an online distance environment. And so mm-hmm. uh, that was something very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And then we're also talking too about how you then leverage online students. It's very different than at one of those traditional bricks and mortar campuses. So I think a lot about what is it, the support that my online students need more that might be different than other students, but also how do I re-leverage that? And I think there's a lot more tools now than there was when AU was created in 1970 that we can harness as a student union, a podcast being one of them, to make sure that our, stu- our members are informed, making sure that they feel empowered, and making sure that they're going to go out and be successful. And that's really enticing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, the one thing that is uh, also a, a part of your portfolio is is supporting the executives through their advocacy priorities throughout the year. Um, maybe that's including, uh, you know, going to support them at the different con- uh, conferences put on by CASA. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about the the role that you play with supporting uh, not only our counselors. Uh, but also the executives uh, through some of those efforts. Yeah, so I mean, that's a good portion of, of what it is I do, and I think it's a good portion of success of the student movement in Canada is that it's it's this idea that our students are the ones who are leading us, but they're well-supported by a professional staff. And what do I do? I make sure that they're knowledgeable. I make sure that it's accessible, that any AU student who has the time could be a successful executive. Not everybody is going to come to the table with the same skill set, and not everybody is going to come to the table with uh, the same outlook. So I try and broaden their perspective, but also complement what it is they're going to bring to the table. We might, uh, you guys might next time elect someone who is really outgoing but isn't necessarily detail oriented. That's okay. There's opportunities for them to succeed in representing you, and to an extent, your professional staff will help cover off those parts that you might not be as as strong in. These positions as your executives are meant to be accessible. What you're hiring me and people like Jody and myself are for our knowledge and our experience, but your students, they're the ones who are going to bring the leadership and we're going to leverage our experience and our skills to make you successful. But what does it mean? Like what does the boots on the ground mean? It means a lot of reading. Um, There's a lot written about post-secondary education and distance education. There's more than our executives could ever hope to read in a given year. Part of our job is to, to sift through that and make sure they're aware of the ongoing trends without having to go way too far behind the details. Uh, part of it is, is making sure that they understand the environment, understanding what other students who might come to a, a decision-making table, what they'll be looking for, but especially when we're meeting with government or the university, what are the motivations of the people who come to the table? They're obviously in it for the right reasons. They want to help our students too, but there are other things that are on their mind, whether it's saving money or it's it's moving into a new area, we need our executives to be equipped with that information if they're going to advocate properly on our students' behalf. Yeah, totally. I think the way I've always 
thought about it, I guess, is the the really we're the sort of the foundation that allows student leaders to be able to come into this environment, mm-hmm. maximize their potential while they're here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, maybe it's even three if we're lucky. Uh, and then they move on and, and bigger and greater things. So absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously I look forward to a lot of the work that we're going to be doing. And um, I think, you know, we're only getting started, but uh, uh, I think that there's going to be a handful of new initiatives that are going to be taking place over the next, I might even say six to 12 months mm-hmm. um, that a lot of our AUSU student members will be able to uh, recognize. And so um, obviously looking forward to a lot of the things that are coming. And now that we've kind of got an idea professionally mm. about who Duncan is, <laughs> let's do a little bit of a rapid fire. We're going to get to know you a little bit more. Sure thing. And it's always funny because I'm just going to say that these are nothing that you won't be able to answer quick and easy. Okay. But at the same time, I've tried to pool some some questions that you might find interesting. So are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. So we're going to start with an easy one. Okay. Um, not necessarily an easy answer, but an easy question. Sure. What was the last great movie you watched? Um, I really enjoyed the most recent Avengers movie. Um, I think, I think I'm not alone in that. It's one of the highest grossing movies in history and it just came out. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, Me too. Me too. It was a good capstone. So I'm going to say Avengers Endgame. Nice. Um, okay. So those of you that are meeting Duncan for the first time, we just found out that you're, you're a Calgary guy. I am. And you're also a Calgary Flames guy. I am desperately so. And you're kind of surrounded by not only me as a, as a big Oiler fan, uh, but an entire city. Yeah. And those of you that don't know, you actually even attended your wedding. I did. With a Flames jersey I did. on. did. Yes, I did. I thought that was the greatest picture I've ever <laughs> seen. And uh, here you see them up, uh, you and your lovely wife just sitting there getting married. And you had your uh, your Flames jersey on, which is so classic. Question is, yeah. as a Flames fan, who's your favorite Flames player? Like all time or all currently? Time. How about all time? Uh, probably Lanny McDonald. Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was a kid at ten years old when they won the cup, so yeah. like that's right at the prime age, and and that story never got old as I grew older. Of the the grizzled veteran, white beard in his hair, but obviously still flaming locks of red. Yeah, holding up the cup like that's an iconic image. And so I would I would say Lanny McDonald. And plus, like in his day, he was a great goal scorer as well. So Lanny McDonald is usually what I would say. If I if I if I'm going out to buy a jersey without, you know, Goudreau on the back and I'm like, what do I'm what am I gonna indulge in? I'm gonna put a nine and a McDonald on the back. Yeah, and I always remember, especially not not only because he had the iconic look, right? The yeah. mustache, and he had that I don't know if it was like an old Jofa helmet, but it was like the round <laughs> Yeah, it just looked like a bubble on top of his head. We might be dating ourselves though, Jody. I know, but we're talking '89 was the last cup, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna leave the Flames. Okay. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, you guys are surpassing whatever Oiler teams have done recently. So we're not gonna bash them at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll enjoy the friendly rivalry. Uh, next question: uh, Favorite type of music? What do you like to listen to? I mean, I think it's a pretty classic trope that everybody on a podcast says they listen to everything. And I, I don't think that's necessarily untrue of me. Spotify would say I listen to a lot more folk than I used to. But if we were doing this podcast 10 years ago, probably a little bit more more rock. But I, I do think I, I indulge in a little bit of everything. 
Yeah, um, I, would, but I would probably say that my my taste is pretty eclectic as well. Like I've yeah. got a little of everything on my phone. Yeah, but I would say on the whole, you 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 make me. I would probably say folk music. Nice. Uh, favorite vacation spot you've been to? Ooh, tough call. I I've I've had the pleasure and and the joy of traveling a lot, both professionally and personally. That's a really difficult call. But this most recent trip, I went to Vietnam. My my stepmom is from Vietnam, and so my my entire family, my wife and my dad and my stepmom, we all went to Vietnam, and it was amazing. It was obviously all those things you want in a vacation. It was warm. It was pleasant. It was carefree, but the people were so wonderful. The food was delicious, um, and we got to stay there for quite a while. We were there for a month, so I would say... Vietnam, which would be a surprise to the Duncan of a year ago or even before that. He probably would have said something like Disney World, which is still a fantastic place. And I think everybody should go there, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I and you said the beer was cheap in Vietnam. Very much so. It was uh, it was cheaper than water. And <laughs> I mean, take that for what you will. But like, yeah, yeah. average beer would run run you about the equivalent of about a dollar Canadian. If you went into a, a higher priced tourist district, you might end up paying two dollars canadian Ooh, yeah yeah um but no and and it was it was good beer too favorite part about being a student leader back in the day so uh this is taking you back and it is taking me back, back to ufc and it's not too terribly different than what i might say today it was the fact that my work was impactful you didn't feel like you were selling out and you got to really see a difference so i would say that i mean it was a good fit for where i was in my life at that time Our, your student executives they work a lot more than you might think they do. Certainly, uh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So so when I was when I was twenty one, I really almost enjoyed that fact too. Whereas now he says looking at his boss in the face on the podcast, <laughs> if he made me work the hours I worked back then, I, I probably would would <laughs> look around. But um ultimately the fact that it made a difference and I could see that difference when we would advocate for something and it would happen. And I think a lot of people don't notice too, our student leaders are often fighting a fight to not implement something that will will affect our students negatively and those are more difficult victories to celebrate because well nothing changed if it was you know tuition were going to go up by a lot or a program change was going to make it more challenging for you to graduate and our student leaders bust their hump to change someone's mind it's, it's hard to celebrate that but that victory almost is every bit as important yeah 100 percent. and there's a lot of a lot of students that maybe don't hear about those wins, mm-hmm. uh, but in our world, those are a big deal when they do occur. Okay, so this is more of an over-under. Okay. So over-under 25 times. How often do you look at your phone per day? Oh, way over. <laughs> Lots over. I don't even want to speculate. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure where to start. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, I'm definitely over for sure. Okay, a couple more. Uh, if you could be part of a TV sitcom family... Which would you choose? That's oh. Despite being a child of the '80s, I haven't watched a lot of sitcoms. So ah, you think I you you think I just would have known the answer to this, and and all I can think of now is probably. I don't know. I mean, my my parents were were uh, they split up when I was younger, and so I actually kind of felt an an affinity to who's the boss because it. It was at a time where where split families were not shown a lot in television, and it was yeah. not necessarily shown as a negative thing. And Tony Danza is really cool. So well, and then you get to hang out with Alyssa Milano. So I mean, true. Maybe you might want to be just the neighbor instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question: Do you have a favorite app? 
my phone would say Twitter is my most popularly used app, but that doesn't necessarily make it my favorite. It, it's it's social media, so it comes with pros and cons. So I don't know if I would want to list it as my favorite. The one I most enjoy opening is probably Spotify. It's it's both my music and my podcast. There's no downside. There's only upside. So I'm going to go with Spotify. You know what? Here's a new one for you to check out. It's called Flight Aware. So this was me as a kid and even as an adult. Whenever there was a plane flying over, I would always be like, like where's that plane going? Where is it? Where was it from? Flight Aware, it'll take a look at your location and tell you exactly where all the planes are. So if there's a plane flying over top of you, it'll recognize it and it'll say, hey, this is going from Seattle to Hong Kong or something. It tells you its speed, elevation. I just love it. That's so if, cool. if you just want a random a random app that is just like, you don't need to go into it very long, but if you just randomly are sitting there and sitting on a patio and you're like, hey, where's that plane going? <laughs> Flight Aware is the answer. So that would be one I would throw in there. Guess what? That's what? all I had for you. Those were oh. the, those, that's the, That was the group of random questions I had for you. It's a good list. Yeah, you did a great job. Um, you know what, Duncan? Any mm-hmm. last thoughts before we sign off? Obviously, uh, we're super stoked to have you as part of the team here at AUSU, and you've been fairly easy transition, too, and I think all of your experience is really starting uh, to pay off, and, and we're going to benefit from that. So uh, welcome to the team. And, Thank you. Uh, uh, any last words to sign off? No, nothing other than like, you know, good luck in your studies. If you guys ever need any help and you think your student union can help you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Nice. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, getting to know Duncan Wotasic. And uh, next episode, we're going to test everybody on whether they can spell that or not. And uh, and uh, have a great day. Uh, this is AUSU Open Mic. Have a good one. <laughs>